Hey, bestie, I'm glad you're here again today. Pull up a chair, pull up a Bible, uh, grab a coffee, and let's get into it. So we have been working on our series called Coming Out of Rome. I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to some of those if you haven't, because today we're going to talk about the why. So we've kind of covered how um, our current Christian culture that we know, especially North America, has deep, deep roots in the Roman Catholic Church. I am going to call it the RCC, so hopefully you can pay attention to that because I know that there is a little bit of iffiness of um, those that might kind of speak against it. So let's, from here on, we use the word or the term RCC and or Rome. And that's what I'm talking about. So why, why, why is it important to know the why? Because um, I don't know about you, but I was raised in the generation where if you questioned your parents, they just responded with, I told you so. And I will be the first to admit that as a parent myself, I have definitely used <laughs> that term because you get tired of the questions. At the same time, it is not helpful, especially in this day and age um we need to know the whys because we have a whole world that is opposing views and if we don't know the whys we are surely standing on some shaky ground some sandy ground so let's start with the why and i'm going to pull a little bit from the book that i've been reading idolatry journey out of egypt if you have not picked it up i highly highly recommend it it is such a good book it is extremely piercing to the soul it is extremely convicting and um yeah so (laughs) so much to unpack here in chapter two it just has a quote here that i just loved when israel was serving god and walking in his ways These other nations had no chance of standing against them and their God. And that is the why. That is the why of why is it important to follow his commands? Why is it important to follow the law as we know it, God's law? What does that mean? Why would we do such a thing? We touched on that last one a little bit more in depth of what it means and why it could be still important to us today and so today I want to talk about why um yeah let's do this so later on in the book in chapter 11 it's it touches more on idolatry and to kind of sum it all up what we've learned with our holy day being on Sunday, with a lot of our holidays, our Christian holidays, so that specifically includes Christmas and Easter, those were developed through the RCC and their authority. And lots of things that have carried on into Christian culture today come from that because they were the reigning um, religion for 
over a thousand years. And then the Protestant movement came out of it. And there's been lots of reformations and lots of calling back to Elohim, God, and his word, and to pull away from that. And I feel like we are in awakening again as a church body where this is happening again and God is calling us even more to him to to know his heart to know why he created these laws and commandments and why they're important for us because God put out these things because he created us he knows he knows our inmost being and he knows how he created us and that it's for our best I love that um like he created us with a hole in in our hearts specifically for him that the world teaches us to fill with all kinds of different things but that hole will only be filled with with him and that void and it's there for a reason because our bodies were created by him and they call out for him and it's so good so let's round back up and go back to this quote in chapter 11 and i really just want to hit this home you know what they're right christianity has unknowingly submitted to the rules of the pope and taken upon itself the mark of its existential authority we have taken on the pagan name of church we have decorated our churches with obelisks and imaginary hearkening and imagery hearkening back to the sun. Many churches have even made sure their churches faced to the east as to catch the rays of sun, rising rising sun coming out in the window. We have unquestionably accepted a host of idolatrous traditions and doctrines and have been completely blind to it for a very long time. This is the end of that age. We are at the door. And at this time, God has chosen to begin to wake up his people out of their idolatry. And I so believe that in my inmost being. I have felt it so strongly for weeks. I wake up. I have, I'm having dreams. I'm waking up in the middle of the night. I'm, um, God has put such a newness and a freshness for his word in my heart. And... I see this across the board that God is waking up his people and calling them out of Rome, calling them out of their idolatry. And this is so beautiful. He is so patient with us. And I just, oh, my heart just sings at that. God has chosen to begin to wake up his people out of their idolatry. Ah, so... In that, um, I did touch a little bit on some of our holidays, and I, I really don't want to go into it myself, but I do encourage you to pick up this book or even to look into some of the, the roots of specifically Christmas and Easter. Um, they have been created as holidays, so when the, the RCC went into places and... Um, conquered, took over. They, they traveled all over the world. They conquered nations. They took over. Even when it was first developed, 
like I talked about in the first episode, um, there's been this history of coming into a place, conquering it, and instead of wiping out all the idols and wiping out all of the pagan traditions, the RCC instead took those so as to not be offensive, I guess, and incorporated Jesus into them and slapped Christianity on top of these pagan traditions instead of removing them. So specifically Eastern Christmas, that's what happened. Those were originally pagan holidays that the RCC came in and put on the Christian name and the Christian things so as to incorporate and make it look pretty, I guess. And I I know that I've known that in my soul. However, it's it's culture, right? Let me say, well, God knows our heart. God God knows what I'm doing. I can take this back. Um, I can do these things because God knows my heart and that I'm trying to serve him. And that's the, the why part that I want to talk about today. Because I think we need to get this. That's not authority that we have been given by our creator so hear that again yes God knows our hearts for sure and there's grace for sure but we have not been given authority as created how we are to worship our creator he has told us specifically in the bible how he wants to be worshipped We don't get to make this up. So in all that, like I've talked about, I have grieved. I have grieved nonstop um, as I keep reading stuff and learning stuff and opening it up. And yeah, you got to be ready for it because it, it is soul piercing. But God promises even in that grief, there is goodness. Let me read James verse four to you chapter sorry chapter 4 verse 7 to 10 therefore submit to god resist the devil and he will flee from you draw near to god and he will draw near to you cleanse your hands you sinners and purify your hearts you double-minded lament and mourn and weep let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into gloom humble yourselves in the sight of the lord and he will lift you up so i read that today and as I've been mourning and just my soul has been grieving over what I did not know and my ignorance and the lies that I have grown up learning. Um, I've been mourning over it and it addresses this here so beautifully that like, okay guys, mourn, like this is a big deal. And as we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, he's going to lift us up. And that's so wonderful. Our Elohim, our God, is so good. So let's carry on with the why. And I want to, I guess, share some stories of why. Because God is God, and God doesn't change. He is the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament. The difference is we are now living under grace. So, Jesus, 
Yeshua has taken on the weight of our sins. He has taken those burdens and he has paid the price instead of the Old Testament. That is the difference. But God himself does not change. So in Deuteronomy, Moses went up and he was getting the, um, the commands from God. He was getting them. He took too long <laughs> and the Israelites grew impatient and they talked to Aaron and they said, what do we do? We want to worship God. So Aaron, who is the priest, says, okay, let's gather your stuff and we are going to gather it and we are going to make for ourselves um, an idol and we're going to worship it. And that is exactly what they did. Um, and then through that, it did not go well. So they they actually, like they, they said, we're going to call this our God who took us out of Egypt. We, like they put God's name on this idol. They wanted to worship God. And so they did it in their way. And that is not, again, that was not their authority. And the Lord says, said to Moses, Go, get down, for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt had, have corrupted themselves. They've turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They've made themselves a molded calf and worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I've seen this people, and indeed it's a stiff-necked people. Now therefore, let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, and I will make of you a great nation. So, let me just read the commentary here. Even though they had given their money and valuables, and even though they had set aside a special day just for him, and even though they had called the statue by his name, and had offered sacrifices and offerings and good intentions, he seemed to be less than pleased. So displeased, in fact, he basically said to Moses, let me wipe them all out and I'll start again with just you and your offspring. That was God's response toward the people worshiping him in whatever way they saw fit. Oh, that's hard. So a little further down, it continues. The Israelites said, tomorrow we'll hold a feast and worship him for bringing us out of Egypt and we'll offer him our money and food and praise. None of these things pleased him then and rest assured they do not please him now. Many of his people are once again gathered around golden calves of Christmas and Easter, worshiping him and proclaiming him, but he is not pleased. That's heavy. I don't know if you read that as heavy, but that is heavy to me. So yes, absolutely, God knows our hearts. But also, he has told us how he wants to be worshipped, and we don't get to pick that. When you stand before the great white throne of judgment and stand before the judge over all, do you think? I didn't think you'd mind too much. After all, it didn't mean all that much to me. It's going to be a good response. I don't know. I don't know if that's as hard for you to hear as it is for me. Because we've been raised in this culture and this day. And 
I do firmly feel that God is calling us out of it to walk back into his ways, the ways that he created, not the ways that we've incorporated. Samuel, like it's it's all through the Old Testament where whenever the Israelites went to a new nation to take over, they were to wipe out all of the idols because God knows <laughs> what would happen and that they would likely want to learn and worship these other idols and incorporate or whatever and that's that's not what he asked sorry that's my dog um Deuteronomy 12 verse 29 when the Lord your God cuts off before cuts sorry When the Lord your God cuts off before you the nations whom you go in to dispossess and you dispossess them and dwell in their land, take care that you have not been ensnared to follow them after they have been destroyed before you and that you do not inquire about their gods saying, how do these nations serve their gods that I may also do the same? You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. For every abominable thing that the Lord hates, they have done for their gods. For they have even burnt their sons and their daughters in the fire to their gods. Everything that I command you, you shall be careful to do. You shall not add it, add to it or take away from it. This is still important. Even, even Saul, so he was the king, he was the first king of the Israel's right, Israelites, right? And he was instructed the same thing. He was an, a great warrior and he was instructed the same thing, that when he went into a place, he had to destroy everything. And that was, <laughs> that was what he was instructed. And so after the Amalekites, after he... Um, takes over he ends up taking some of the spoils back even though he was told to destroy everything why then did you not obey the voice of the lord why did you pounce on the spoil and do what was evil in the sight of the lord and saul said to samuel sorry if you want to read along first samuel 15 verse 19 is where i started And Saul said to Samuel, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I have gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me. I have brought Agog, the king of Amalek, and have devoted the Amalekites to destruction. But the people took the spoil, sheep and oxen, and the best of the things devoted to destruction to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Has has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Guys, obedience is more important than sacrifices is what he's saying here. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination and presumption is is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. 
So he's saying that he feared the people. He wanted to please the people. They wanted to do these things to worship God. And God's saying, no, that is not what I asked of you. I asked for obedience. The same goes for, I mean, Genesis, Cain and Abel. They went to offer their sacrifices to God. Abel offered the the animals that he had raised and it was pleasing to God and Cain decided instead of following what God had asked about sacrifice he decided to offer from his gardens and it was not pleasing to God and because of that he got cursed and because of that he killed Abel because he was jealous and so even from the start of it God has said a specific way of how he wants to be worshipped and it is not our job to interpret that and it is not our job to incorporate that and we just we just really don't have the authority to do that. So, oh, I feel I feel heavy. I hope that this sinks in a little bit and I I I really hope that this is not taken as accusing in any way because I am just as guilty of this but I firmly believe that God has shown me these things and he is showing other believers these things because this is important to him and he wants us to shake off our culture and our customs and the things that are displeasing to him and worship him how he asks 1 John 5 Verse 2, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commands. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. He's created them because he created us, and he knows how we work. And it, when I, I once asked God, why? Why is it so important? And this was a couple of years ago. Why is it so important to you? And... I felt like in my heart he impressed because I created you and I know what's best for you. And I firmly believe that that is true. And why? Why is it important to know this now? Why have we gotten through several hundred years of history and maybe it wasn't so important? And the day and age that we're in right now, good is evil and evil is good and everything is up on its upside down on its head lawlessness is running rampant and this is a time we need to stand firm in the truth we need to know our armor and put on our armor and trust our armor and this is a time and a season where this knowledge this knowing what god wants this knowing his commandments his law all of these things how he set us apart it is so important because this is how we come out of the world, right? This is how we stand apart. God is calling us out of it because he is holy and he is asking us to be holy too. I want to close with why. Why do we need to know these things? Conclusion, Isaiah verse five, chapter 5, verse 13. Therefore, my people go into exile for lack of knowledge. 
Their honored men go hungry, and the, their multitude is parched with thirst. And again, it's in Hosea 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you've forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. Okay, that's important. That's huge. That's heavy. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Knowledge is important. Knowledge of the law, knowledge of our our God, Elohim, knowledge of Yeshua. This is important. And I will continue to carry on. This has gone on the longest. I feel like each podcast is getting longer and longer. But this is so important. And hopefully next time or one of these future times, we are going to unpack a little bit about Paul says and Galatians and Romans. And I'm super excited to talk to you about that because... It brings, again, the the complete picture. There's so much hope. There's so much promise. And there's so much grace. And our Elohim is so good. So I guess that concludes today. Um, Be blessed.